This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, church? Here we go. This is part one. All good things. Of course, this is the holiday season. Uh, Thanksgiving's approaching. And so we thought as a community, we would love during this season to talk about how good God is. Okay. So that's how we're going to kind of start out the series today is all good things. We're going to talk about the goodness of God and how good he is. And um, my prayer is that this is encouraging to you, that you leave literally encouraged uh, because of the goodness of God. And so if you want to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 118, verse 1, I'm going to start there in Psalm 118. Let me pray, and we're going to jump into the Word today. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you, God, that you are speaking, that you are leading, that you are giving God, everybody joining in today, revelation of your word, revelation of who you are, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for daily bread. Today, feed us today. Today, feed your people today, your divine word, and and, and make us like you, Jesus. Make us more like you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right, here we go. Uh, We're going to start out with this uh, verse here, once again, Psalm 118, uh, verse one, it says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. There it is, folks. Point number one, God is good, all right? Uh, Let me say it again. Uh, Point number one, God is good. Good. Now, if you look at uh, Psalm 118, we're not going to read the whole chapter, and it goes through and it just says a lot of things about what, what you know, that, that God is good and all that. And, and it just, it's very specific when it's literally about, it's about 29 total verses, but I encourage you to go back and read that. Uh, but it opens up with, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. I just wanted to pull one other verse out of the middle of that this chapter, but Psalm 118 verse seven. I love this verse. This is so powerful. I really believe this verse alone is going to encourage some people today, but look at this. This is what my Bible says. The Lord is for me. Wow. The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. Psalm 118 verse seven. The Lord is for me among those who help me. I'm here to tell you today, point number two is God is for you. Point number one is God is good. Point number two is God is for you. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. God is good and God is for you. I told you this month, the series is all good things. And we're gonna look at who God is and that he is good, all right? And then if you look at the last verse, okay, of of Psalm 118, it says the same thing as verse one. It says, Psalm 118, verse 29, it says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, 
for his mercy endures forever. I love this psalm. It starts out with the, you know, give thanks. Because why? He's good. His mercy endures forever. Says all this stuff. It goes on 20 plus verses after that. Just boom, 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 boom. All these things about God is good. We, we pulled one out. We looked at one verse seven. The Lord is for me. God is for you. And it closes it. It encapsulates this, this chapter here, Psalm 118, with the same phrase, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. All right, so God is good, all right? I think some of us, we know that, um, and, and we, we do know that. I'm, I'm sure many of us do. We, we, we understand that and know that, um, but, but let's be reminded this month of the goodness of God and that he is good. This is who he is. It's part of his nature. Um, one of the definitions of, of good in, in the scriptures, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but it means that he is intrinsically good, inherently good. It's just who he is. He is a good God. You, you, I, I know you've been in church, um, uh, you know, and uh, well, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but, but where you, you know, the preachers say, God is good. And everybody goes, all the time. And then the preacher says, all the time. And then everybody goes, God is good. Why? Because he doesn't change. This is who he is. This is the God that we serve. He is good. Okay? So real quick here, um, the word good here in, in Psalm 118 and throughout the Hebrew, um, you know, the, 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 the Old Testament um, in the Hebrew language, the word good, this is what it means. This is what it means. This is who God is. Okay? This is the God that you serve. He's good. He is good, says it there. That's who he is, okay? Uh, just as in the, in the New Testament says, God is love. Well, God is good. It's, it, it, is, it is his nature, okay? Um, he cannot help himself but be good, okay? So what does good mean in the Hebrew? It means kind, okay? It means uh, benign. Um, you know, there, he, he has no ill will or or his love for us and his approach towards us does not produce negative negative results. He he's good. He's kind. All right. It means to have. He has a. This is a characteristic of a, of the God that we serve. Is that he has a gentle disposition. All right. He is favorable to us. He is gracious to us. And this, this, this characteristic of who he is, is, is wholesome. Um, it's, 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 it's this wholesome, kind, benign, gentle disposition, favorable and gracious. This is who God is. All right. I, I, I love this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. We worship him because of who he is. And who is he? He is good. He is good. All right. He is good. He is good. I mean, the, the psalmist, like this is a song, right? This is worship. This is praise in, 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 in text. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. All right. So this is a praise. This is, um, this is adoration. This is the psalmist ascribing to God, um, what is due him. And it is praise. It is worship. It is the psalmist is magnifying the Lord. The psalmist is declaring who God is. The psalmist is 
giving voice to um, his heart of praise and worship and love for God. And in all of that, encapsulated in that is this characteristic of God. He is good. All right, he is good. And, and so this is my next point. We're gonna get into some stuff now. Okay, let's just settle, let's just settle that. God is good. He, the God that we serve, the creator of the universe, the maker of the heavens and the earth, the one who always was, is, always will be, the one who holds the universe in the palm of his hand, the one who, uh, who contains all things and yet is contained by nothing, the all-knowing, all-sufficient El Shaddai, the, the, the one true and living God, the God who inhabits eternity, he is good. He is good. When, when, when he created this world, what did he say? It is good. It is good. It is good. It is good. Why? Because he is good. And what he creates is good. Why is it, is it good? Because he's good. Come on, somebody. All right. So God is good. That's it. Like that period. Okay. That is um, genuine worship. That is um, scripturally sound. That is good theology. God is good. He is good. He's good. He He's a good God, right? He is a good God. All right, let's just settle it today. All right, God is good. All right, so here we go. Here we go. This is my next point. This is why I was maybe overly emphasizing that is this right here, folks, is this. Our view of God must be right, all right? Our view must be. I, I believe when we encounter Jesus, when we experience him, when he touches us, when he saves us, when he delivers us, when he liberates us, when he speaks to us, when he shows us, reveals himself to us, I believe that in those moments, in that moment, we have a correct view of him. Our view must be correct. Our view must be correct. Am I right? Come on, somebody. So our view of God must be right. And that view, that view, that, that what we ascribe him as in our life, it must be right. And the correct view of God is that he is good. It is that he is good. All right, let's go to this verse here. Psalm, another Psalm, 143 verse 10. Okay, Psalm 143 verse 10. I'm gonna read it. Psalm 143, verse 10, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Once again, Psalm 143, verse 10, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of 
of uprightness. I love this. I love this verse. I When I read it and I brought it into my notes, I'm like, man, this verse is saying a lot here. This is really telling us something. I love this too, obviously, because we just taught on the Holy Spirit. And right here, we didn't use this particular verse last month, but it's talking about how your spirit, your spirit is good. This is God talking, right? We're talking about God. This is the God we are talking about is, is the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And it says your spirit is good. So in, in this, God is good, right? And so I think sometimes uh, we can get into this and, and, and it just can seem cliche. Can I be honest with you? And like we could say that and just kind of throw that around. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And it can kind of seem kind of cliche maybe for some people or I'm not saying that it, it, people aren't genuinely um, recognizing that and saying that he is good. Um, but but I believe at times we can just kind of just overuse kind of terms and phrasing and these coy phrases and um and and so but but I want to look at this I love this because this provides some some kind of uh structure around the goodness of God some some authenticity the psalmist has kind of has encapsulated this phrase your spirit is good and uh, and, and and around it is some very um real things some kind of where the rubber meets the road type of stuff, right? That's why I wanted to say in our, our third point here, our, our view of God must be right. Um, that's where you get the term orthodoxy, which is um, right living or right teaching, correct, okay? What's well, orthodox is, it speaks of what is correct, what is right, okay? And so when we read in the scripture that God is good, that must be our view of him. Why? Because that's who he is, right? And so here, I just want to really dive into this here. And this is why, because he says, teach me. Everybody say that when we say, teach me, Lord. It says, teach me to do your will. And then, right, it says, your spirit is good. All right, all that, for you are my God, your spirit is good. And then it says, lead me in the land of uprightness. Everybody say, lead me, Lord. Okay, say this with me, say this with me. Say, teach me, Lord, and lead me, Lord. Say it again. Say, teach me and lead me. And look at this. This is why. This is why it's so important to have a correct view of God. This psalmist, this verse alone, Psalm 143, verse 10, this person, the writer, I believe David wrote this, um, his view of God was correct. And it wasn't just, just a coy phrase. It wasn't just a, it wasn't just some religious um, jargon. He, he, he encapsulated with something and he's like, teach me, teach me. Okay, this is why. It is difficult, can I be real with you today? Okay, we're gonna bring it home now. It's difficult to submit to God when we don't trust that his intentions toward us are good. Now, I'll even venture to guess it is literally impossible to truly follow God and to submit to him, to allow him to teach us and lead us when we don't trust that his intentions toward us are good, are good, okay? By God's created design, okay? I'm gonna read just from my notes here and really dive into Psalm 143.10. But by God's created design, we were wired to entrust to someone we trust. That's just how we're wired. We, we were wired. We, we 
become vulnerable when we trust. We en we entrust the the secrets of our heart and the in, the the that we and we entrust our innermost thoughts to people and environments that we trust. We entrust in someone or something or people. We entrust when we feel that we can trust. So the psalmist is like, "Teach me to do your will." Okay, that that's a very strong prayer. Right? Um, because it's like, that's surrender, that's submission, that is um, yielding, that is being vulnerable, that is being open, all that good stuff that is very difficult to do. Uh, if we really want to talk about it, really want to be honest about it. And why was the psalmist even able to say, teach me to do your will? Why? Number one, for you are my God, lordship. Number two, your spirit is good. Your spirit is good, okay? So, so we can take on the challenge when we trust that he's good. The challenge of the will of God, we can take it on when we can trust that he is good. When we question his goodness, we retract we hold back, we, we, we retain our agenda, we, 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 we don't yield, but we, we can take on the challenge when we trust that he's good. We can bear the uncomfortable of his will when we trust that he is good, okay? So if I trust that, that his motives are good toward me, I'll do whatever he says. Can I get an amen? Right? Like that, that, that old worship song, right? Yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. I wish I could sing it to you this morning. I don't want to ruin your morning with my uh, lack of vocal ability, but YouTube, that lyric, it's a beautiful song. It says it all. It says it all. So, so if, if I trust that his motives are good toward me, I'll do whatever he says. All right, let me, let me give you the definition of this word teach. He said, teach me. This is Hebrew definition of the word teach. This is so powerful. If you get anything out of today, I want you to get this verse right here because this is it. This is it. This is why our view of God must be right, must be correct. Teach me to do your will. Why? For you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Here we go. Definition of the word teach is this. I love this. It's, it means to make an expert or skillful. To make an expert or skillful. Do you realize that you, when we submit to God, when we recognize his goodness, when we trust him and his goodness, that he can teach us to do his will, that we, look at this, we can be an expert and skillful in the will of God. Isn't that beautiful? All right. It means um, to, to, to make an expert or skillful. That's what the psalmist was saying. God, make me an expert. Make me skillful 
in your will. Show me, teach me to do this. Show me how to live in your will, right? It means, it means to goad or to spur on or to stimulate action. This psalmist was saying, I want to be skillful in the will of God for my life. All right. I, Lord, teach me, uh, spur me on and stimulate me to action. This is what the word lead means, okay? Because he said, lead me in the land of uprightness. Lead me. Here it is. This is the word lead. This is what it means. It means to govern. He's saying, govern me. I'm willing to be governed by God because I trust that he's good. I trust that he's good. Those that still struggle with rebellion and pride, self-will, selfish ambition consumed by their own agenda. I wonder, is it that they question the goodness of God? That they're like, nope, not trusting you with this God, not trusting you with my relationship, not gonna trust you with my marriage, not gonna trust you with my single life, not gonna trust you with my finances. Come on, somebody. Uh, you know, people, I believe people that struggle with giving even financially to the house of God, I truly believe that they struggle because they lack an understanding of the goodness of God. Man, because it says here, lead me. Why? Because I know your spirit's good. What does lead mean? Govern. It means to be governed. We, we talked about this um, uh, last month about the Holy Spirit, that we are that he is our tour guide. That's what it means. It means to govern. It means to guide. It means to lead forth. It means to literally transport. God wants to take you from glory to glory. Like we said last month, folks, there's gotta be more. But when, but when, when we trust his goodness and trust that he is good, I'm telling you, you, we more easily surrender to his will when we trust his goodness. And I'm not saying it's always easy, but in that moment, you gotta go, Lord, I'm gonna trust you that you own and hold my outcome. I trust you that this is good and that you are good, all right? That, that you are good and that your intention toward me is good. As I said before, it's it's this isn't this isn't easy, uh, but we must. This is part of faith. I believe that at the core of our faith is trusting that He's good. If we don't trust that He's good, we're not gonna we're not gonna entrust Him with anything. Can I say that again for the people in the back? If if we don't trust that He's good, we won't entrust Him with our own well-being. We won't entrust him with our mental health. We won't entrust him with our relationships. We won't entrust him with our career. We won't entrust him with our education. We won't entrust him with our ministry. But when we trust that he is good, we will then entrust him with it all. Hallelujah. Because this is the thing. This is why. Because there's going to be days. There's going to be days. Can I get an amen, somebody? There's going to be days when we must fight to hold on to his goodness. It's not that his goodness is leaving us. It just doesn't feel that he's good. It doesn't seem that he's good. I'm not 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't sense the goodness of God in this situation. But there, so there are going to be days when we must fight the fight of faith and believe and trust that He is good. Okay, our faith at times, okay, must rest solely on what He said that He is good. That's it. That's all I got to stand on in this moment, in this situation, in this relationship. All I have is that he said he is good and I'm going to trust that because this too shall pass. Can I, can I get an amen somebody? Our faith at times must rest solely on what is written, that our faith is, is, is trusting that what he said he would do, he would do. Who he said he is, he is. Why? Because the feelings won't be there. There will be times that the feelings aren't there, but my faith must be there. When feelings go out, faith that he is good must rise up. Can I say that again? When feelings go out, I must, all right? I, I must cause faith to rise up. When feelings go out, faith that he is good must rise up, all right? Has anybody ever had anybody in your life, a boss, maybe a friend, um, a leader, a pastor, a spouse, a parent, and this could be situational, right? In a, in a specific situation that you didn't trust that they were for your good. Anybody, some type of authority in your life, in your life, I don't trust in this moment. Now, your perception could be wrong, right? Or it could be true. Well, and maybe you've had all of that. But the point is, let me ask you this. When you had that moment, was it not difficult, if not impossible, to be vulnerable, surrender, and yield in that situation? Why? Then trust that their intention is good. It's the same with our relationship with God, folks. That when we don't know him as good, trust him that he is good, we will lack a surrendered life to him. All right? Hallelujah. You see, God is good. God is good. See, I, I love this. I, I saw this. Um, I heard a coach um, say this phrase recently. Um, to a football player and he said, um, he was correcting him. No, no, I'm sorry. It was a basketball player and he was correcting him. He was a young player. I think he just got on the team. I forget what team it was, but the, it's, an, it's a coach that's super, he's known for being super encouraging and he was correcting him, like pulled him off the court for a second, corrected what he did. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you up. I'm not calling you out. And I love that. He's like, I'm correcting you to, to, to make you better. I'm correcting you to come up. I'm not correcting you to push you down. I'm not correcting you to shame you or expose you. I'm saying that's the goodness of God toward us, that that God is, God is calling you up in this hour. God is calling you up in this season. God is calling you up, not calling you out. You know what I'm saying? He's not, he's not uh, putting you on blast to shame you. He may bring, be bringing correction into your life, but I'm telling you in that is his goodness. Why? Because when God corrects and challenges, it's always for our good. 
It's always to produce Christ-likeness. It's always, he only purges because he wants to see more fruit in our life, right? His, his, he, he wants he wants us to grow and mature. And so God, I wanna just use that phrase that I heard a coach tell a player, God is calling you up, not calling you out. He is good, okay? So God may challenge us, challenge us, but he won't shame us, reject us, discard us, or destroy us. Why? He is good. He is good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse 8. Psalm 34, verse 8. As you're turning there, once again, God is good. Say it with me. Say, God is good. All right, next one. God is for me. All right, I believe the way we have it worded in, in, in the notes here, God is for you. Say it with me, say God is for you. Here's the next one. Our view of God must be right. Say it with me, say our view of God must be right. Okay, here it is. Psalm 34, verse eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. There it is again. Trust, good, blessed. Look at that. Good, blessed, and trust. There, there, there's a correlation here, folks. There's a correlation here. Um, there's a correlation here. Blessed is the man who trusts him, right? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And that word taste, it really means, it has this, this notion of testing, like, like go for it, like give, give it a shot, take a step of faith, like taste and see, taste, go ahead, try it, try it, right? Try it. Uh, we, uh, my kids are very picky when it comes to food, um, and our youngest is the pickiest of all, um, but he's still a little too young to really try things. Hopefully he will, but um, Nico's a little more daring than the others, and so we got some smoothies this morning, actually, and, and he tried it. He tried it, and we were so proud of him. We, we, we celebrate when our kids try new things like that, right? Oh, that's, he tried it. Cool, you know? He had a couple sips. He's like, oh, it's good. I was like, do you want any more? He's like, no, I'm good, <laughs> right? But, but he tried it, but, you know? Taste and see. Taste and see. Taste. That situation you're withholding from God, that thing you're not quite surrendering, that attitude, that what, I don't know, whatever it might be that you're holding back, you're not quite letting go, you're not entrusting him with it. Uh, I'm just saying, taste and see. Taste and see. All right, taste and see. You know, there's a couple songs I, I, I really like. I always kind of mention some songs. One's by Hezekiah Walker. It was live in London. Um, I forget the, the lady that sang it, but look it up if you like gospel music, but try Christ. The, the lyric is try Christ, he'll make it better, right? It's a really good, really good album, one of my faves. Um, and there's another one, I don't know exactly who sang this one, but I've tried him and I know him, right? And this isn't a point of like trying God, like we're not diminishing God to like, you know, trying some new plate of food, right? But the the point is faith is, is in essence, and it's like, I'm trying, I, I'm attempting, I'm, I'm gonna trust God, I'm gonna go for it. See, I'm just saying, go for it, step out, surrender that, let go of that, trust in his goodness when you don't feel it, when you don't see it. I'm here to tell you, try Christ, he'll make it better. I've tried him and I know him, all right, all right? And so 
Praise the Lord. Uh, we must rest in the truth, in the truth that he is a good God. Okay? We must rest in the truth that he is a good God. Once again, we must, we got to. There, there's, no, there's no other way around this. If you want to fulfill the will of God and be taught by God, those two verses, right? Those two, that, I'm sorry, those two portions of the verse in Psalm 143, verse 10. If you want to be taught by God himself, if you want the Holy Spirit to be your teacher, if you want to be an expert, come on now, an expert skilled in the will of God, if you want to be led, governed by God himself, you must trust that he's good. You won't do it. You won't go there. You won't surrender that. You'll go and try to make it happen yourself. Come on now. Isn't that what Abram did? He went and uh, he went and got with Hagar, and 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 it wasn't it was the, the seed was him and him and Sarai was supposed to come from the, their seed, and he and and really fundamentally, Abram did not trust God's goodness. Did not trust. He he, he tried to make it happen himself. I'm telling you, uh, we must we must rest in the truth that God is good. Period. That's it. He's good. Okay. If he's good, then I can trust. If he's good, he's not going to harm me. If he's good, my his thoughts towards me are to give me a hope in the future. Right? Are of good and not of evil. Like God is good. He is good. So trust him. He is good. So surrender that thing. He is good. So 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 give your life to him. All right. Give your life to him. Look at just because I don't understand doesn't mean that God isn't good. It just means I don't understand. Just because bad things happen does not mean that God isn't good. It just means that bad things happen. Just because there is evil in this world doesn't mean that God isn't good. When he created this world, everything he created, he said it is good. Sin is here because of the decisions humanity has made. Our sin does not make God not good. All right, I don't know if that makes sense, but you get what I'm saying. Our sinful decisions as humans has opened the door to evil in this world. God created good and he gave us a free will. We are free moral agents and accountable for our actions. And the state of this world proves that the wages of sin is death, all right? Just because there's evil in this world doesn't mean that God isn't good. Life can be a struggle. Can I get an amen, somebody? But God is still good. People do bad things, but God is still good. Wicked, evil people driven by sin and their own self-will succeed in this world. But I'm here to tell you, God is still good. Good people, at times you can look and say, man, why are bad people uh, elevated into places of authority and the good people are getting pushed down? Like, you know, I, I, I don't know. But God is still good. You may have had a negative church experience. But God is still good. That church experience was bad, but God is still good. You might have had a horrible experience with the pastor. That experience was bad and wrong or, you know, sinful, whatever that, that, that spiritual leader had done. But 
God still good. Come on now. All right? All right? Any view of God or opinion of him that is anything less than or contrary to good is heretical at best. Come on now. All right? I'm going to say that again. Any view of God or opinion of him that is anything less than or contrary to good is heretical at best. It is a lie. It is a lie because that is not who he is. Come on, somebody. All right, this is my last verse. My last verse. Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse 11 to 12. Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse 11 to 12. Therefore, we also pray always for you. This is my prayer for you, church. This is my prayer for you. Uh, we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. Here it is. And fulfill all the good pleasure. Somebody say good pleasure. It's kind intention, goodwill, benevolence. This is God. And fulfill all the good pleasure. What? Fulfill all the kind intention, goodwill, and benevolence. That's the God that I serve. Kind intention, goodwill, benevolence, and good pleasure. Fulfill all. This is what the apostle Paul was praying for the church in Thessalonica for. He was praying, man, that, that God's kind intention, goodwill, and benevolence, good pleasure of his goodness, his inherent intrinsic goodness, goodness as it relates to kindness, man. This is prayer. Lord, I'm praying for this church in Thessalonica. God, that you, that they would be counted worthy of the calling and that God, you would fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness, that your people, us, that we are called to fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. He is good. So what does that tell you about us as Christ followers, as as as, as Christians, as 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 church community, as people of God, as the saints, the, the saved, the, the healed, and the delivered. What does that tell it to say about us is that we are called to fulfill all the good pleasure, the kind intention, the goodwill, the benevolence, the, the, the goodness of God, that they would fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. Verse 12, look at this. We're going to end with this that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. Why is it so important that I understand and I know and I learn and I trust that God is good? Why? Because that is how the name of our Lord Jesus Christ is glorified in me. All right, it's not because I'm hateful and demeaning and shameful and exposing people and telling everybody they're a wicked sinner and they're going to hell, right? That is a reality of sin. I'm not saying that that is not the truth, that, 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 that there is a price for our sin, right? That, you know, but, but it, the Bible says, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself this month in this, but the goodness of God leads us to repentance. Even as Christ follows, we know that man, when we experience his goodness and, and we, we just have a, get a revelation of it and he just blesses us. I mean, it is easy to say, I'm sorry, when 
when God's been good to us, right? It is easy when, even in a, in a, in a marriage relationship, man, when, 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 you know, you have your little arguments or whatnot, like every marriage does. And then the, the other one, you know, they, they apologize and they're good and they serve you and they, and they bless you and they just kind of, they, they're, they're like the mature one. It's usually the case in my marriage. That's me, by the way. No, I'm just joking. That's a joke. Um, but, but when, when my wife does something that's just, we might be some tension, but she does something for me, it's the goodness of Crystal Gale that leads Sean to repentance. Hallelujah. I hope it's the other way around too. But the point is, it is God's goodness that leads us, that breaks us and heals us and his benevolence, his kind intention, his goodwill toward us. That, that leads us to repentance. Here it is, verse 12. That why, why, why fulfill good pleasure and goodness? Why, 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 why that? Here it is, why? That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in, in, in us. That the name of the Lord Jesus Christ would be glorified in us. And you in him, according to the grace of our God, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is, John, I got, a, I got a quote from John Piper, it's a good quote. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. We cannot be satisfied in him if we don't trust and know and believe that he is good. Hallelujah, this is my last point, that Christ would be glorified. Why do I need a correct view of God? because we want Christ to be glorified in us. Once again, that Christ would be glorified in us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for everybody. I pray that we would experience your goodness today. I, and this week, Father, I pray that we'd experience walking and encounter the goodness of God in this season. I pray that we would know and believe and trust that at the end of the day, God, you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. If you haven't accepted Christ to be Lord of your life, I wanna lead you in a prayer right now. Say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I trust that you are good. I confess that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. I put my all in you. I trust you with everything. Jesus, save me now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.